jump there? The scripture reading this morning is Psalm 103, 1 to 14. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. God, we thank you from the depths of our being, and we remember all your benefits. Bless your holy name. Thank you, Kay. Hey, everybody, all of you worshiping in the house and all of you worshiping at your own house, uh, we are together a faith family. And I love you, and I love being your pastor. Sisters and brothers, God empowers us to overcome the world's lawlessness and our own brokenness. God makes us new, sin-forgiven, spirit-filled, and mission-focused. And God bands us together as a community of Jesus' deep, daring, daily disciples. That's our story. That's who we are. Meanwhile, we are also discerning Faith Westwood, which, dis which denomination to affiliate with, whether we're going to stay in the United Methodist Church or join the Global Methodist Church. Uh, church council members are hearing that a lot of you would rather vote sooner rather than later. So uh, nothing's been decided yet, but mid-November is a possibility. And when the council decides, you'll have three to four weeks uh, notice and uh, the way United Methodists do it, only members who are physically present at a properly called meeting can vote. Now, in our August survey, more than 70% of you said you wanted to hear directly from me on the issues at hand. And so I've scheduled two events that I'm calling Todd Talks. <laughs> Ted was not available. And uh, they'll be next Sunday and the following Sunday at 5 o'clock in here. Uh, details and a sign-up link will be in tomorrow's Faith Connect email. You can attend either one. Uh, they, there are currently no plans to live stream them. And I'll address three questions. One, what's the most important reason to choose either the United Methodist Church or the Global Methodist Church? 
What impact could a vote have on Faith Westwood? And what does the Bible teach us about same-sex relationships? And as we enter this period of discernment, I invite you to make October a month of prayer and fasting. And whatever you fast from, make it sacrificial enough that it, it just sort of calls you and compels you to pray more frequently and with more intensity. Now, I've also written a prayer that you can use, and, and uh, after the service, those of you who are in here will get a copy you can take home and pray every day. And uh, it'll also be in tomorrow's Faith Connect. And, uh, but I'd like for us all to pray together now. Let's pray. Holy and gracious God, in your mercy, you have called Faith Westwood to be a community of Jesus' people saved by grace through faith. Good and kind Father, let us not forsake the love we had at first, and if we have forsaken that love, we repent. Lord Jesus, we want to love you, keep your commands, and follow in your steps. And this last bullet should be us instead of is. Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth. As we enter this time of discernment about our denominational affiliation, make us wise through the Holy Scriptures. So we do not just listen to what we want to hear. Save us from being deceived by the evil one. As we make our individual decisions, help us to do so not based on sentiment or anger or wishful thinking, but based on your will for us. May every word we say and every action we take be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you. A couple from Faith Westwood uh, began visiting with a homeless guy down in Omaha's Old Market. And he told them, well, he had stayed uh, at uh, Sienna Francis' house for a few days, but he didn't like being tied down. And at one point, uh, the wife of the couple uh, went to their car and brought back a zip-top bag that she had gotten from our church. Uh, and it was full of items, uh, granola bars, fruit snacks, bottle of water, uh, toothbrush, soap, lotion, so on. But the thing in there that this man was most excited about was a brand-new pair of white socks. And sitting there on a bench... Uh, on the, at the sidewalk, they saw him. Right away, he put them on and then just smiled with satisfaction. His new pair of socks. When you care about someone and act on it, that's compassion. And that's the heart of today's message. I hope you'll write that down, take a picture of it on the screen, and, and talk about it when you get home, and then also in your faith group. When you care about someone and act on it, that's compassion. Well, today we're continuing our series, Good Morning, This is God, and today's message is, The Lord is Compassionate. 
And as I said last Sunday, whenever you read the word LORD in all caps in the Old Testament, it's, it's translating the Hebrew name Yahweh, which means I am. And in this series, uh, we're, it's based on what the Lord told Moses in uh, Exodus 34.6. I'm going to read it to you, but I'm going to leave the name Yahweh untranslated. Yahweh. Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So the first word that God uses to reveal his character to us is compassionate. The Lord sees his people's plight. He cares for them and he helps them because he is compassionate. Of course, we can always ask, God, why didn't you act sooner? I mean, these people have been enslaved for 400 years. Well, that is a good question. God's timing can be mysterious, and yet we always, we always trust that God's timing is the best timing. And one thing I want to clear up is that the circumstances of our lives do not accurately reflect who God is. You agree with me on that? The circumstances of our lives do not accurately reflect who God is. So don't let your situation define God for you. Because what? Your circumstances are always ambiguous. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. God knows that. And that's why he reveals his character to us. He is Yahweh the compassionate. Now, some people call themselves Christians, but maybe they're really deists. What's a deist? A deist uh, believes that God created the world, the universe, but, you know, then chooses to not get involved. I mean, it's like the old Bette Midler song, God is watching us, what, from a distance. In deism, God may care, but eh, not that much. He just likes to watch from a distance. Hope you do your best. Work it out on your own. But that's not the God of the Bible. Our God, the creator of heaven and earth, cares enough to get involved, to act. When you care about someone and act on it, that is compassion. Here are two other important words. Sympathy and empathy. Now, sometimes we mistakenly use these interchangeably, but they're, they're really different, okay? Sympathy is when you genuinely feel what someone else is feeling. Did you know that when the, when the string of a, of a musical instrument vibrates and, and a second string tuned to the same pitch uh, is near it, it will sympathetically vibrate with the first string. Isn't that amazing? So let's say that your friend is sad because she got laid off from her job and her, you know, your heart just goes out to her. You, you know what it's like to lose a job and then you're, you don't know if you're going to be able to find another one quickly and if it'll pay well enough. She worries, you worry. She cries, you cry. You feel it with her. When, that stri when her string vibrates, your string vibrates. That's sympathy. To sympathize with someone is a, is a powerful response but you know there's only so much sympathy 
you can muster in a day. Uh, only so a limited number of people you can have sympathy for. And then there's empathy. Now, empathy is not about feeling what another person feels. It's about, it's about imagining yourself in that person's shoes and imagining what they might be going through. Now, you care. You absolutely care. But it's less about emotion and more about decision. Okay? Uh, we care about the people affected by Hurricane Ian. But I want you to know, personally, I don't feel it. Not that much. Maybe it's because I don't know them. Or maybe because I've never been in a hurricane. But I can have empathy. I can imagine myself going through something like that. And, and when it moves me to act, when it moves me to be generous in some way, that's compassion. Now, the Hebrew word uh, translated compassion in the Old Testament is rakum. Uh, the noun for compassion is racham or rakamim. And as you'll learn in the Bible Project video, the link will be in tomorrow's Faith Connect, um, that uh, both words are connected to the Hebrew word for womb. Did you know that? Rachem. The motherly attachment of a woman for the child of her womb is a picture of God's compassion. In Isaiah, God says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born, though she may forget, I will not forget you. God's compassion for you exceeds that of a mother for her child. There's a story in 1 Kings about Solomon who was asked to judge between two women, both claiming to be the mother of a certain baby. Cleverly, uh, Solomon calls for a sword so each woman can have half a baby. But the true mother is deeply moved with compassion. She is racham. And she begs to let this baby be spared even if it means giving her child up. And that's how Solomon discerns the baby's true mother. It's the one who shows compassion. The Lord is Rahum, compassionate. God has a soft spot in his heart for you. Let's open our Bibles now to uh, Psalm 103 in the Pew Bible. It's on page uh, 598. And, uh, you know, I love this psalm. You know, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's so inspiring. And uh, in, in, in verse 1, you know, it invites us to, to praise God. It says, praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. You know, there was a, there was a uh, chorus that I remember singing uh, many, many years ago based on this verse. Praise the Lord, my soul, and all my inmost being, praise his holy name. I've used these words instead of those with slightly different translation. But anyway, and then it says, follow along, that, that we should not forget his benefits. And it says, 
uh, Yahweh forgives all my sins. Well, it says your, but he's talking to himself, so my. Uh, Yahweh forgives all my sins. Where would I be if God did not forgive me? Well, I'd be under condemnation. And then it says, Yahweh heals all my diseases. And my first reaction is to say, well, well, that's not true because not all diseases are healed. But the psalm writer knows that. He knows we all get sick. Someday we'll all die. But he's thinking personally. He's thinking of all the times that he's been sick, and amazingly, he got better. You know, and he's thanking the Lord. And then it says, God redeems my life from the pit, which means, well, I'm alive so far. Praise the Lord. And it says, he crowns me with love and compassion. And crown here kind of means that God surrounds me with his love and compassion. Uh, And in verse 6, we discover more about this compassionate God. It says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. So, if you are ever being treated unfairly, uh, unjustly, then know this, the Lord is on your side. I mean, it may not be fixed yet. It's still a work in progress, but God is at work. And then, Verses 7 and 8 are the verses that take us back to Exodus where God reveals his character. It says, He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Let's say say you've been charged with a crime, okay? Okay? And you pled guilty. You pleaded guilty. Yeah, you you admit you did it. You gave a laxative to your neighbor's barking dog. (laughs) Made a big mess in their house. You know, anyway. Let's say that the crime is punishable by up to three months in jail. But the judge has compassion on you. You will not go to jail. Instead, the judge sentences you to poop scoop your neighbor's yard once a week for a year. That's your sentence. You are grateful and your neighbor is satisfied. In the same way, God's compassion doesn't mean that he's lost his sense of right and wrong. Okay? God's not a doting grandfather, grandparent who continually spoils the grandkids. God's compassion doesn't mean that there won't oftentimes be consequences for our actions. But because of his compassion, God often dials down those consequences. Let's see what it says in verses 9 and 10. It says, He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Our compassionate God treats us better than we deserve. And never forget that God's love for you is sky high and his forgiveness is phenomenal. Verses 11 and 12, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, 
So far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, in Isaiah 49, a little bit ago, we saw the motherly compassion of God. Now, in Psalm 103, we witnessed the fatherly compassion of God. Verses 13 and 14. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. How did God make the first Adam? From the dust. Physically, we are the substance of the soil. God understands our frailty, our weakness. He is our compassionate Father. In Luke's biography about Jesus, he uses the word compassion only once in that whole gospel. And it's in Jesus' parable of the loving father and the lost son. The son walks away with his inheritance and proceeds to waste it on wild living. Broke and hungry, he finally wises up and decides to beg his father for a job. So he heads home, hoping his father will forgive forgive him enough to, to let him work as a hired hand. But he doesn't expect what he sees as he approaches home. It's his father running toward him. Never before has he seen his father hike up his robe to his knees and run. And there he is, his his skinny chicken legs scurrying, his sandals kicking up dust. And his father hugs him and kisses him. Why? Jesus says, because the father has compassion on him. And because of his compassion, God says, I know what you've done, how you've, you've hurt me, you've hurt others, you've hurt yourself. You walked away, and it could have been forever, but I always held hope that you'd come back. I was always ready to forgive you. After all, I'm your dad. The English word compassion uh, comes from two Latin words meaning to suffer with. And in that sense, to to have compassion means to to share in someone's suffering. Um, Now, I don't golf anymore, okay? Uh, But when we lived many years ago in Arapaho, uh, I used to golf nine holes once a week in the summer, a lot of weeks anyway. And one summer, our daughter was just born, our, our son was three years old, and let me tell you, it was particularly hard on Tricia who, to be so confined with the kids. And uh, it did not sit particularly well with her that I got to escape Tuesday afternoons to the golf course. All right? And then one afternoon, standing in the fairway on the second hole, a thought came to me that did not seem like it came from me. An inner voice said, share in her suffering. Now, my immediate reaction was to argue with it. (laughs) Share in her suffering? What is that supposed to mean? What am I supposed to do? And so I, I, I stewed about it for a few days. And then one night before I went to bed, I knew what I had to do. That night when our infant daughter uh, cried to be fed, Trish got up, 
as usual. After a minute, I, I pried myself out of bed. Tricia was in the rocking chair nursing the baby. And without saying a word, I, I, I plopped on the floor sitting there beside her. And she turned to me and said, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, I'm sharing in your suffering. <laughs> now, I'm not sure, but in that dark, quiet nursery, I suspect she may have smiled. And I continued to do that many nights. And amazingly, this little gesture of compassion made a difference for both of us. Let's say this together, shall we? When you care about someone and act on it, that's compassion. Jesus showed up in our world representing God, and it's like we ask, what are you doing here? It's as if he said, I'm sharing in your suffering. He got hungry. He endured sleepless nights. He felt grief and, and pain. He dealt with frustration, impatience, and anger. He, he was lied about, attacked, denied, betrayed. He was beaten, whipped, mocked, and nailed to a cross. And from the cross, he looked out upon his executioners and said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And then he committed his spirit to the Father and breathed his last. And that day, the words of the prophet Isaiah were, were fulfilled. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all was an act of compassion. The Lord is compassionate. He has walked in our shoes. He has shared in our suffering. And he is working for good. Let's pray. Lord, what a comfort it is to know that you are the God of compassion. You are near to the brokenhearted. You stand up for the weak. You work justice for the oppressed. What a good God you are. Keep reminding us that you, that you are not the same as our circumstances. Whether we face a hurricane or a job loss or the death of a loved one, you remain the same. You are Yahweh, the compassionate. And so we praise your name, and we pray in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen.